I went down to the river to watch the fish swim by. But I got to the river so lonesome I wanted to die, oh Lord. And then I jumped in the river, but the doggone river was dry. She's long gone, and now I'm lonesome blue. Hello and welcome to episode three of a podcast I'm calling Long Gone. My name is Ryan Hetzer. Uh, The Long Gone name comes from a little-known baseball movie that uh, you don't really hear talked about among some of the better baseball movies, but I think it is quite excellent. Uh, Hank Williams is the... Hank Williams, I guess, Sr. is the one who uh, sings the title song there. Um, They call him the king of country music. I'm not really a big country music fan, actually, but I just like that song. It goes with the movie. and It's been a little while since uh, I've had the chance to record a podcast, and if you've been listening at all, you know this is a new venture for me, something that I kind of was thinking about doing for a long time and finally just decided to kind of go for it and um, giving it a shot. It's uh, been enjoyable to create the episodes I've have created so far and we just keep going. There've been a couple factors as to why uh, it's been a little while. I'm, I'm a educator and you know, the start of the school year, which has been over the recent weeks, is always uh, a demanding time and kind of a difficult time to sort of adjust back to uh, that grind. And so that's been part of it. And then really probably the more, the larger factor has been, you know, when you think about recording a podcast, you want to have a, a theme, you want to have a main topic of discussion. And all that really has been on my mind when it comes to the Cardinals is, you know, the playoffs. Uh, and yet as, as a baseball person, you, I, I don't want to kind of had it in the back of my mind that you, you talk too much about the playoffs or playoff uh, rosters and playoff opponents, which is kind of what I'm going to talk about today. Um, it almost feels like a jinx. Uh, so I think that's been kind of part of it too, is that the thing in mind that I, had you know, wanted to speak about has to do with you know cardinal playoff roster uh you know matchups against likely opponents and i feel like if i did that two weeks ago or even a week and a half ago uh, it almost feels like i'm jinxing things a bit now as i record this the cardinals have taken the first two in wrigley and uh certainly uh they're in the driver's seat for you know the division and a and a playoff berth. And uh, at the end of the day, me recording a podcast, um, looking at potential playoff rosters and opponents certainly isn't going to cause the team to collapse down the stretch and uh, miss out on the playoffs. So uh, the realization of, of that 
And uh, also the time, having a bit of time today to record um, has brought me uh, here. So um, the two topics, as I've mentioned, uh, the playoff roster, I, I want to just kind of run down some scenarios and some things uh, that intrigue me. Uh, certainly um, we have seen and actually not so recent history because the Cardinals have been out of the playoffs for three years. But if you go back to the early Matheny years, uh, there were some very curious roster decisions in the playoffs. Um, probably the most famous uh, example was having uh, Michael Waka on a roster um, and yet not really using him in any kind of role until and needing to bring him in uh, to face the Giants and the NLCS. And, of course, he gives up the game winning home run, walk-off home run after having not pitched for you know, a long time. There was another situation I recall where I think Shelby Miller, I think they had on a roster, but never really used him in the series. And it was just kind of a strange situation. And, you know, so I don't think we can take anything for granted when it comes to the playoff roster. So um, we'll start with position players and uh, as you, what I'm basing my roster speculation here on is a 12 pitchers and 13 uh, position players. Now in a playoff series with days off, you could make the argument that you only need 11 pitchers, but that's a bit of a, I think an older school mentality in today's baseball when, you know, when you're talking about the playoffs teams have shown in recent years, and it's been actually a recipe for success that if need be, you go to your bullpen early and often third, fourth, fifth inning, if your starter is faltering a bit. So in that sense, uh, I'm going with a 12 pitcher model here with 13 position players uh, starting with the position players. I think there are 10 in which uh, are given certainly. And uh, just to run down that list real quick, you know, you're talking about Molina and Weeders, Goldschmidt, uh, Wong, Edmund, DeYoung, Matt Carpenter, Ozuna, Bader and Fowler. So that's 10 out of your 13. And I think it's pretty safe to say, I mean, the only slight caveat might be Weeder's health. Uh, he was out for a while, though he did hit the pinch, pinch hit homer the other day. So he would appear to be fine to be back. Uh, Colton Wong's hamstring strain. I mean, I think they'll probably be cautious with that given their lead in the division. And, you know, you obviously want him right for the playoffs if, if you can. So you got to assume he'll be back. Um, the 11th, I think, is a given, and that's Jose Martinez. Um, even though the guy has struggled, uh, especially in the second half, you know, he, there was a point in the early part of the season where you kind of looked at the way Jose Martinez was hitting, and despite the defense, 
he kind of had the look of a guy that could win a batting title. I mean, he just was hitting like 370, 380, was knocking line drive after line drive. And uh, interestingly enough, um, he, he's really regressed off of that and hasn't really looked that good in recent at-bats. However, you know, you're talking about the playoff scenario where, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth inning, and you need somebody to go up there and give you a professional tough at-bat against a, you know, what would likely be a, a, a tough, uh, high uh, leverage type of reliever. Jose Martinez is a guy that I think, you know, you feel is going to give you a good at bad. And so I think he's the 11th position player. I think for the final two spots, it does get a little bit interesting. Um, I guess just going, I have five, uh, five candidates here for those final two spots. And let me just run down the names first. Uh, Yairo Munoz, uh, Randy Rosarina, Tyler O'Neill, uh, Ron Hell Ravello, and I have also included Andrew Kisner. Let's start with Kisner because I suppose you could make a case for a scenario where a third catcher would be uh, a good idea or would be needed. Although I, I mean, I don't think that's what the Cardinals will ultimately do. I, I also wouldn't completely eliminate it because it would give you some more flexibility. Uh, to use Weeders as a pinch hitter. I mean, he's shown to have some clutch hitting uh, prowess and, you know, some power off the bench. So it would allow you to sort of be a bit freer with using Weeders as a pinch hitter. And, um, you know, Kisner, of course, can hold his own as well at the plate. Um, but, again, I don't think that's the way they'll go. So if we eliminate him, then you're down to four. Uh, Ravello, O'Neill, Rosarina, and Munoz for two spots. Um, I guess there would be one school of thought that Yairo Munoz is kind of a lock. Uh, I don't know. Um, to me, well, let me just first just uh, go a bit further on what I, on Munoz. The reason that some may see him as a lock is that he's really been with the big club most of the year. I think there was uh, a stint very early in the season where he went down. Uh, but other than that, he's been with the big club and uh, can play multiple positions. You know, we know he can play the infield and the outfield, not necessarily that, that well, but he can do it. Um, and he does, uh, he has a track record of, of being able to deliver a tough at bat uh, in a big league level. But... I would, and the guy, the guy I'm kind of pairing with Munoz as a, as another option for that, one of those last two spots, is a uh, Rosarina. Now we haven't seen a lot of Rosarina, and so be, because of that, you know, you kind of get the sense or the feeling that they wouldn't put him on the playoff roster, but. I think offensively, he's just as dangerous of a hitter. I mean, when you look at some of the things he has done, uh, you know, and a lot of it's been at the minor league level, but, uh, and then the, the bigger factor is 
and you, again, you're talking about a short playoff series, is the pinch running uh, factor. So, I mean, a Rosarina is a real, would be a real weapon off the bench. So the idea is that as a hitter, when you compare him to Munoz, it's kind of a wash. Um, but when you factor in a Rosarina's ability to potentially pitch run late in the game and really put a lot of pressure uh, on the on the battery and the and the defense in a in a situation like that, that to me could potentially give him an edge over Munoz. Now, then you could go back to Munoz's uh, versatility. Uh, Rosarina cannot play the infield. Munoz can. But um, I might uh, really consider Rosarina for that spot if it's me making the decisions. Um, so I think one of those two will be on, and I, I think probably it's Munoz. But um, then the other spot, and I think it's between these two, would be O'Neill and Ravello. Um, and I suppose the Cardinals could do Munoz and a Rosarina and, and O'Neill and Ravello be, be out, but I don't see that happening. Um, I kind of feel like in terms of redundancy of a playoff of a roster spot, I think Munoz and a Rosarina would sort of be in a category for one of the two spots and then O'Neill and Ravello for the other. So for O'Neill and Ravello, I think, uh, in some ways, it may seem like an obvious choice because Tyler O'Neill has uh, certainly has a bit more of a major league track record um, and can play all three outfield positions if needed. Um, whereas Ravello is really more of a first baseman, uh, of course, and that's Goldschmidt territory. Um, the only thing that gives me pause if I'm choosing between those two is. Again, this idea of high leverage playoff baseball, seventh, eighth, ninth inning, pinch hitter off the bench facing a tough pitcher, whether it's right or left. And who's got a better chance of sort of delivering a tough grind it out at bat, you know, getting a base knock in a, t- in a tough uh, high leverage situation and, you know, just O'Neal with his strikeout rate and kind of uh, streakiness. It, it feels like O'Neal's perhaps a guy that really needs to be in there every day to to make an impact, who needs to kind of get that rhythm going. And when you put him in a scenario where he's just getting one at bat over the course of, you know, two or three or four games, uh, I'm not so sure that he's the choice uh, when you think of it in that context, because, you know, you have Ravello who sort of has this kind of journeyman minor leaguer profile, uh, kind of been in all sorts of different scenarios. I think he's a little bit more prone to contact. Um, But then you have the positional, uh, the positional issue where, you know, O'Neill could potentially, I mean, if, if you were to get an outfielder hurt or, uh, you know, again, he has the ability to play three outfield positions. Ravello, I think, has played a little left field, but really is more of a first baseman. So I do think there are some questions there. It may not be as obvious as it may, as some may think, but I would, uh, I would think long and hard about that one. 
I do think what the Cardinals will do will be Munoz over Rosarina and O'Neill over Ravello, which um, in the end, so despite some of the questions I raised, I think, you know, what the Cardinals would do would be the 10 uh, main, I meant main guys I mentioned. Uh, and then going Jose Martinez as your 11th Munoz as the 12th and O'Neill as the 13th position player. I'm going to switch over to the pitching staff. And again, just like with the position players, there are a few questions that I have in mind. And uh, the first to, to establish your rotation, I think is easy. Uh, Flaherty, Wainwright, Michaelis, and Hudson. Now, I've kind of for Wainwright, Michaelis, and, and Hudson, I've sort of just thrown them out there together. I, I will in a moment. I'll come back around to kind of a rotation and what that might look like. Flaherty clearly is your your number one, but. Um, We'll talk a bit more about the other guys uh, a bit later. But those four, I think, you know, those are your rotation spots. You don't need a fifth starter in the playoffs, which does become a conversation in this whole roster uh, construction. But you have uh, those four. Okay, then I count five guys among locks in the bullpen. Uh, so that brings it up to nine. Those five would be Carlos Martinez, John Gant, John Brebbia, Andrew Miller, and Gallegos. So with those five and your four starters, you're at nine pitchers. So that leaves three spots. And uh, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, eight. Uh, pitchers that I've listed that could be potentially uh, considered for those three spots. Uh, let me run down those eight real quick here. Uh, Ponce de Leon, Webb, Hennessy Cabrera, Helsley, Waka, Leon, uh, Fernandez, and Mayers, or Myers. I'm going to eliminate and not spend too much time on Mike Myers or Dominic Leone, I don't think, I mean, even though I put them in the list for consideration, I don't think they've shown enough to warrant a, a playoff roster look. Uh, Leone maybe is a little more intriguing because you do sometimes see him go out there and have really good stuff, but uh, when you look at the overall track record over the past two years, it's just been shaky and uh, too many outings where it kind of just blows up and so I don't think either of those two guys will be on the roster. So then you're down to six for three spots. Um, let's First, let's just uh, the left-handed relief. So I think the obvious choice is Webb. I mean, he, again, uh, a little bit like Jairo Munoz on the position player side. He's been on the roster almost the whole year or maybe even the whole year. Uh, had some... Level of success, although it's been a bit of a struggle lately. Um, 
it kind of, I think he's a bit underappreciated, Tyler Webb. He, he, I think he's been and had a few rough outings that people kind of focus on, but when you really look at the whole body of work, it's not bad. The issue, though, is um, then you have kind of this electric potential of Henesis Cabrera, and you, you just, when you think about playoff baseball and you think about these just late-inning, high-pressure, it just seems like stuff matters and, and sort of having strikeout capability, having the ability to get it up there at 96, 97, 98, uh, the dynamic breaking stuff that Cabrera has. I think you can make a case that uh, that plays better uh, in a playoff series. And Cabrera seems to have put some things together. You know, He had a couple of really good starts down the stretch in Memphis, seemed to have uh, figured some things out with command and there was that one uh, famous start where he struck out, I think, like nine batters in a row. The couple of times he's pitched since he's been up in September, he's he's looked good. Uh, so it's just the, the obvious choice might be Webb, but I think Cabrera definitely warrants some consideration. Now, what do I think the Cardinals will do? I think they'll go with Webb. It's a bit of a safer choice, but it isn't as if Webb has, has been awful. Um, so if we say Webb gets that spot over Cabrera, we're now up to 10 uh, pitchers, and we would need two more. So the right-handed relievers I would consider for those two additional spots would be Ponce de Leon, Helsley, Waka, and Fernandez. Now I'm going to... Uh, for purposes of this conversation, I'm going to bring one into the fold and spend the rest of the time uh, talking about that last spot. The one I'm going to consider that should be in and will be in is Helsley. Uh, I think he's built up enough of a uh, established enough of a track record now that to show that he's a guy that if you need a dynamic reliever to come in in the fourth or fifth or sixth inning of a ball game who can give you multiple innings who has, you know, shutdown type of stuff and who has pitched pretty well in relief um, this year already. So I think that he's going to be on that playoff roster. I think that's pretty much uh, a given in my opinion. So that brings it to 11. Now this is where uh, just, like with the position players, you get down to that uh, last spot or two, and it I think it does get more intriguing. So the last spot we're talking about here would be Ponce de Leon, uh, Waka, and Junior Fernandez. Um, Waka, it's it's funny because even though it reached a point where I think most of Cardinal fan nation was ready to sort of just give up on him. He has pitched decently down the stretch. I wouldn't say he's pitched good or great. There's been a lot of abbreviated outings. I think the Cardinals have been quick to pull the plug when you kind of start to see trouble, which is what they need to do. I guess the bigger issue is just how does he profile as a reliever? Because we're talking about someone that would be a reliever in a short series. Uh, if you did need a fifth starter, I think Waka would be on the playoff roster if, if somehow there was a need for a fifth starter. I think you'd have to go with Waka and do as you've been doing. 
But as a reliever, I don't love Waka's profile. I think his command. Uh, I feel like he's a guy that is, you know, you don't necessarily trust him to come in and not walk hitters, which we know that walking hitters out of the bullpen is a recipe for disaster. Now, I guess on the flip side, you could argue that he, he can tick up his velocity a bit in the in the bullpen and that he is a guy that's pitched in playoff scenarios, so he has that experience. Um, but I I would not go with Waka. Now, what will they do on this, on this one? I really don't know what the Cardinals will do. And a few of these others, I kind of have a clear sense of, you know, well, this is what I think the Cardinals will do based on past decisions, based on, you know, what they've done uh, even in recent uh, series and trends and so on. But in this case, I don't know. I don't know what the Cardinals would be thinking on this final roster spot for the pitchers. Uh, the other two being Ponce de Leon and Junior Fernandez. Uh, you know, Ponce de Leon has been more of a starter, so... I think even though you can pitch him out of the bullpen, uh, his most of his recent experience has been as a starter, both this, uh, this year, both at Memphis and the times he's been up in St. Louis. And when you read the kind of the tea leaves, he, he's not a guy that's gotten a lot of innings since he's been up called up for the September call-ups. So you kind of feel like he's going to be on the outside looking in. Junior Fernandez is an intriguing one. I mean, there's there's an argument to be made that kind of he fits the profile of a young a young Trevor Rosenthal or when Carlos Martinez first came up uh, at the beginning of his career where, I mean, this is a guy that can push it up around 99, 100 miles an hour. He's got good breaking stuff, had an excellent year at AAA. He's been pretty good as a big leaguer. Not dominant, uh, but certainly shows that he he belongs and so again we're back to that conversation about sort of high leverage situations in the playoffs and and here's a guy that can bring it uh, and has some pretty nasty stuff and is that you know something to go with over a Waka or a Ponce de Leon Uh, personally I would include Junior Fernandez as my final pitcher. Uh, again, on this on this one, I have no idea what the Cardinals will do. If I had to bet, I would say they would reward Waka because he has pitched decently down the stretch, and they'll sort of spin it as, you know, feeling like he's a guy that could help them in multiple innings. If they needed it as in the playoffs, he's a guy that if you had a starter go down, although I think if you if there's an injury, I think you are allowed to replace that player, although um, I say that and I'm not 100% sure. But if a starter were to go down, Waka could uh, step into that. This is the kind of scenario I think the Cardinals would would go to if in including Waka, although – then you just think, well, why would it? Why should it need to be spun? Like, if, if it is spin, if it is kind of seen by Cardinal fans or those that are analyzing it, that they're sort of justifying Waka, well, then it's then it's the wrong move. Uh, you know, you should 
the guys that should be on the roster should be there because they're the best 25 that you can put. And so that's where, for me, yeah, I think Junior Fernandez is going to be able to offer a bit more than what Waka could uh, as a bullpen piece. But we shall see. Uh, Waka still probably has, uh, I want to guess, maybe two starts, maybe only one, but remaining. So some of it could still be what happens in those starts and how he looks. Uh, the same way with Junior Fernandez out of the pen, if he gets some opportunities and how, how he looks. But uh, so this is, you know, my roster analysis for the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to uh, move along to the likely playoff matchup with the Braves. Uh, That's going to be the next topic of discussion. I'll be taking just a short break to set up uh, the next episode, but then when I put them together, uh, it all it all appears to you, the listener, as just one episode. So uh, next thing next thing you'll hear is me coming back at you with some thoughts on uh, the matchup with the Braves and uh, how how that uh, matchup plays out and how it looks on, on paper. Okay, so moving on to. The likely playoff matchup at this point with the Atlanta Braves and the division series. Uh, before going too much further, I should have said at the beginning, I want to apologize for the nasal uh, nature of my voice. I had a little bit of a cold, and I was just listening a bit to make sure that the first uh, part was recorded properly, and you can definitely hear that in my voice, so... Apologize for that, but um, Atlanta Braves are a good ball club. Uh, certainly, I knew that, uh, but and kind of just looking at them a bit closer, uh, the Cardinals will have their work cut out for them if indeed that is the matchup that that ends up holding. Uh, they've already won ninety four ball games, of course, with you know, a few left here to go. And uh, a lot of dynamic and uh, proven hitters. Uh, the pitching is a little less proven, especially in a playoff scenario, but uh, but certainly uh, some talent and some very, some very uh, tough pitchers. You don't win. 94 games and what could end up being, you know, 97, 98, or even more without having a good pitching staff. Um, The way that the traditional way to do this, and I guess I'll kind of hold true, is just to uh, compare how the Cardinals match up position by position. Now, in one sense, though, I don't, it's a way to do it, but I don't think that if you go around and you see that the Cardinals or Braves have an edge at more positions than the other team, that that somehow is an indicator that, so I don't know, for example, if the Braves had, Braves had an edge at six different areas or seven different areas versus five for the Cardinals, for example, 
I mean, that that's not an indicator that, oh, well, then the Braves will win the series. I mean, it, there's too many other X factors in baseball uh, to kind of put it that way. But it, it is still uh, an interesting way to go around and just kind of look at position by position and see uh, how the two teams compare. So if we start at the catching position, uh, the Braves have uh, what almost amounts to a true timeshare with Tyler Flowers and and Brian McCann. Uh, And obviously uh, that's a platoon situation. McCann hits from the left side and Flowers from the right. Um, you know, I'd probably the Braves would make their decisions based on matchups. Uh, certainly the Cardinals don't have any left-handed starters. So you might think you would see McCann more. Uh, he's hitting 250 on the year with 11 home runs, uh, and only 267 at bats because Flowers also has 260 at bats as well. Uh, Molina is one of the greatest catchers of all time. He's a playoff uh, legend. The guy has proven time and time again that he's clutch. And so uh, if we're going to give an edge there, we'll give it to the Cardinals. At first base, uh, the Braves have one of the best hitters in all baseball. Uh, and Freddie Freeman, the guy is uh, a very dangerous hitter. One of those things where, I don't know, I still feel like the Cardinals lack uh, a bit. And perhaps it's me being a bit too critical of, of my own team and not not properly looking at them through other teams' lenses like like I do for them, but Freddie Freeman, it terrifies me. I can just, each time he comes to the plate, you just don't expect good things to happen. And, and the Braves have a couple other guys like that too, which we'll get to, but uh, yeah, I mean, the guy is just uh, a dangerous, fearsome hitter hitting 299 on the year with 38 homers and 119 RBIs. OPS around a thousand. So Goldschmidt is having a good year uh, overall, but I think all Cardinals fans would agree that, especially with some of the streakiness, I, I didn't quite expect that as much with him. I sort of expected that Goldschmidt would be a bit more of a consistent everyday force, and actually he's been very prone to ups and downs, so we'll give the, the edge there to the to the Braves. Um, second base is a fun comparison in this series because Ozzy Albus is a dynamic young player. You know, you'd have to say that the conversation about second basemans in the National League, especially if you're just focusing on 2019, uh, starts and stops with, with him and Colton Wong. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see kind of which one of those two uh, potentially has a, a better series. Um, just on the 
fact that Wong has had such a, an excellent second half to the season, uh, and then the defense being Golden Glove caliber, not that Albus is a bad defensive player by any means, but uh, we'll give the edge there to the Cardinals. Um, at shortstop, uh, the Braves have Dansby Swanson, who was injured for a time but has come back. He's not uh, a guy you worry too much at the plate about, but he can hurt you. He's got a little bit of pop. Uh, he's hitting 250, but has popped out 17 homers and uh, certainly a solid defensive player. Uh, DeYoung. DeYoung is uh, an enigma, I think, a little bit at this point, uh, you'd have to say, because defensively, he it's, it's not an issue. Uh, he's a very solid defender. Not flashy, but but it's hard to ask for much more than what he brings just with that consistency on an everyday basis. Uh, the true throwing arm, uh, smart defensive player, and the hitting, though, it's uh, so wildly inconsistent and prone to these amazing dips and and valleys and then also peaks. And so I, I, I at this point have to give the edge there to Swanson. I, I, I just think that what he brings would probably be more of a a known in a five game series than what DeYoung may bring. I mean, the way he's going right now, you wonder, you know, DeYoung have a series where he, you know, goes, two for 30 or, or something like that. Uh, he just seems to be searching for it right now. Uh, when DeYoung is in one of his funks, it's actually really frustrating because you see him get good pitches to hit and he just, just misses them. I mean, it, it's not even like some hitters where when they're going bad, you see him chasing outside the zone or – you know, maybe they're taking too many pitches early in the count. Or with DeYoung, it's it's just like it doesn't even seem like pitchers are doing anything that different. It's just something within his own swing where pitches that you'll watch and you'll just think, wow, I mean, that that's a good pitch to hit, and he just misses it or, you know, may hit it but not with, with authority. Um, the Braves have Josh Donaldson at third base, and so here's another guy that – is a dangerous and fearsome hitter with 38 bombs on the year. Uh, Not quite the MVP caliber player that he was a few years back, but certainly still a uh, dangerous hitter and a guy to, to be concerned about as you navigate your way through a lineup. And I would give the edge to the Braves again at third base. Uh, Cardinals would have a, you have to see Tommy Edmond as, as really the starter right now. That's kind of what the Cardinals have established here down the stretch. Carpenter being a guy that maybe, you know, based on matchups, uh, could get some starts at third in a series, although I, two of the 
the Braves starters uh, would be left-handed. And so that doesn't exactly bode well for uh, the potential starts of, of Matt Carpenter. But Tommy Edmond is you know, a heck of a player, and he's been a big boost uh, down the stretch for the Cardinals. He's certainly a much different player than a Josh Donaldson. I mean, Edmond does it with with speed, uh, slapping the ball around, switch hitter, does have a bit of pop, but certainly not in a category of a Josh Donaldson. Uh, defensively, um, probably you'd give the edge to Edmund a bit at this point in his career. I mean, Donaldson is is a bit of an older guy and not quite as dynamic of a defensive player as he may once have been. And we've seen Tommy Edmund uh, handle third base quite well. But, yeah, I still would have to give the edge to Donaldson. The outfield, if we look at that uh, – as kind of an aggregate of of all the outfielders, you know, the three main guys that will be playing. Uh, you kind of start with the Braves and thinking about uh, Acuna. And here's another guy. I mean, when I think about a five-game series and every time you go through the lineup, uh, Freeman, Acuna, Donaldson, it's just uh, talk about just one of the, best young players in all of baseball, uh, 40 bombs, 37 stolen bases. So, I mean, this is a legitimate 40-40 candidate or 40-40 guy. And uh, you just hope in a series that you can contain him um, because, you know, he's the type of talent that could just really carry a team. Um the other two outfielders uh, around Acuna, uh, it's a little bit up in the air in terms of injury. I don't know exactly what the status is of Inciarte. Uh, he's currently on the DL, the IL. And I, if when went in there, when in the, the lineup or went on the roster, I think you know the Braves like to play in Ciarte in center because he's a the better defensive player than Acuna, and they, so I think they like to play him in center and move Acuna to left. Uh, but just kind of looking as I talk here, that the Braves are hopeful that they'll have Ciarte back soon, um, so as soon as this coming week. So in that scenario, he could potentially be uh, in the starting lineup with uh, Acuna and left. Now, the other two guys, though, that have gotten a lot of at-bats in the outfield are Marquecas, who certainly uh, been around the league for a long time, is a well-known, uh, just a professional hitter, left-handed bat. And uh, a guy that you kind of know what you're what you're going to get day in and day out with. Uh, the other spot, again, I mean, with Enciarte being a bit of an X factor, but Austin Riley is a one of the top prospects in the game. He has already hit 18 homers on the year. Uh, 
uh, with only 255 at-bats. He's played a lot in left field uh, when Acuna's in center. And so, you know, you can see him getting a lot of at-bats. But I think looking at what they've done for the most of the year, if Enciarte is healthy, you would uh, assume that he would play center and he's a left-handed bat. And you would have Acuna in left and and then uh, Marquecas in right. Uh, Cardinals, of course, you know, you go Ozuna, Bader, Fowler right now. Uh, Ozuna has struggled uh, while he's had a, a good year, um, and especially in the power department. He's in a funk right now, so you got to get him right. But assuming he can come around and be right, uh, and then you go Bader, Fowler. Fowler has also been very good in the second half, uh, an experienced professional hitter. Bader may benefit by that concept of the two lefties, which we'll get to the pitching here in a moment, in the Braves starting rotation, because Bader does do much better He's the, against lefties. He's a much better, different hitter. Uh, versus lefties, and he is right-hander. So that could work to the Cardinals' favor. But uh, overall, with the factor of Acuna being just this uh, force, Enciarte is certainly a, a pro and a good defender. And then Marquecas being a... You know, you could sort of equate him with a Fowler. I would give the outfield advantage to the Braves as well. So as we look around, you've got Cardinals with the advantage at catcher, uh, first base Braves, second base. I don't forgot what I said. <laughs> it's a bit of a wash. I would go long, I think is what I said, uh, based on his second half. Uh, third base Braves, shortstop Braves, outfield Braves. All right, so... Uh, it's it's uh, mostly the nod to the Braves when you go around the the lineup. Uh, all right, so got to fit in the pitching here, and uh, I want to keep this episode under an hour. Uh, the Braves starting pitchers um, are an interesting bunch. Uh, you've got Tehran, and then the the dynamic rookie Soroka, uh, who you would assume is going to be, would be their game one pitcher. Uh, Max Freed, uh, a left-hander uh, who's had a pretty good year. He has 16 wins. And then uh, you would, then you have Fulton Evans and Keuchel. Now given Keuchel's uh, track record in the playoffs, given his, uh, Fulton Evans has been a little bit up and down this year, you would think that Fulton Evans, if I'm probably missing the pronouncement on that a little bit, but Fulton Evans, I think, is the way we say that. He would probably be the guy on the outside of the, the rotation for them. Um, and then, uh, so, yeah, we'll start with the with this rotation. Now, not, not really any names there that you just, I mean, it's not like it's a Nationals where, you know, you're looking at names like Strasburg and Scherzer and just kind of thinking, oh, geez, uh, or even the Dodgers with Kershaw. Uh, 
uh, and Ryu, uh, some of the other, uh, Bueller, of course, I almost forgot Bueller. How could I do that? Uh, and so, you know, you look at that pitching staff and it doesn't, doesn't frighten you. Soroka, who would be the number one, hasn't pitched in the playoffs. Now, I don't know. I mean, neither is Flaherty. I'm not too worried about uh, Jack Flaherty performing in the playoffs, so the Braves may not be too worried about Soroka. But you never quite know how uh, a young pitcher will uh, hold up to the to the pressure of a playoff uh, baseball. Tehran's a pro. I mean, you know what you're going to get out of him. Uh, Freed has had a good year. Now, his win total is, doesn't exactly match up to his uh, performance uh, in terms of ERA. And he, he has been vulnerable at times this year. And then Keichel, we know. I mean, everybody is kind of familiar with Dallas Keichel from all of his uh, recent performances for the Astros in, in the playoffs. Uh, when you compare rotations, and if we're going to give the edge to one or the other, uh, I think I would go Cardinals. Uh, so the, the reason why would be Jack Flaherty has been the best pitcher in all of baseball since the All-Star break. So when you have him at the top, you know, and potentially pitching two out of the five games in a series, you know, that, that's a huge factor. I mean, that's that's why pitchers and why aces are so valuable. Um, and then you have Wainwright or uh, Michaelis. If you can work it to where they're pitching at home, it gives each of those guys even another boost of confidence where they've just been so good at home. And Wainwright lately, whether it be home or away, has really just been excellent. And then you throw in the experience factor. Wainwright is not going to scare in a playoff situation. If anything, you know, you could kind of look at his experience as a, as a factor as what would put the Cardinal rotation over the top versus the Braves. Uh, you got a guy like Hudson who, you know, you can sort of compare to like a freed for them. Who's a good young pitcher. Uh, you don't necessarily know how they're going to pitch and react in a playoff scenario. Hudson certainly seems pretty unflappable. He's, he's a pretty, uh, low key guy. You think he can handle a playoff, uh, baseball, but I would, it's close. I mean, I would, I, the Braves rotation has have some very good things about it. There's the left-handed factor as well. You would think the Cardinal lineup should hit lefties pretty well. I mean, with guys like Goldschmidt and Ozuna and DeYoung, Bader, you know, you can Fowler and Edmund can turn around and switch hit, although they're not quite as good hitters against uh, as right-handed hitters as they are left. Um, but you would think the Cardinals should – do well against left-handed pitching, but we haven't always seen that uh, in years past or even this year. So that could be, you know, makes it tough to go with the Cardinals too because that left-handed factor could be an issue. But I'll go – I'll stick with the Cardinals because 
mainly because of the Jack Flaherty factor and then also uh, Adam Wainwright both pitching the way he has been and his, um, you know, sort of ice-cold track record of being able to pitch in a playoff scenario. The the Braves bullpen uh, isn't great. Um, There certainly are some some names to that, you know there's certainly again you don't win 94 95 97 games without having a good bullpen but they don't have that group of guys down there that you sort of look at and think oh well it's a six inning game or it's a seven inning game if the if the Braves have a lead through six or seven they're just gonna shut you down they're just gonna go with that bullpen and and the game's over. Uh, it's not really a bullpen with that kind of uh, profile. Uh, at the back end, you, you know, they have Luke Jackson and uh, Green, who they picked up at the the deadline. Shane Green, who was closing with the with the Tigers before coming over. Um, those are kind of your two guys at the back. Tomlin. Newcomb being a, a tough lefty out of the bullpen. Uh, Swarzak, another lefty they have, would be uh, Blevins. Now, they'll have some decisions to make just like the Cardinals do. I mean, they have some other young arms who they'll have to see uh, you know, how they want to employ them. And you know, They have the Tukey Toussaint, who's a prospect, big arm, uh, Bryce Wilson, another guy in that category. But then they also have a, a veteran like a Melanson. And so we'll see how they end up uh, configuring the rest of that bullpen. But I do like the way the Cardinal bullpen matches up with the Brave bullpen. Cardinal bullpen has been one of the strengths of the team, one of the main strengths of the team, one of the best bullpens in all of baseball. And Schilt handles them quite well. Uh, and you look at sort of the, the shutdown quality. I mean, I think the Cardinals can get to that seventh or eighth inning of a game. And you start talking about Gallegos, uh, Andrew Miller, Martinez. You throw in kind of the shutdown potential of a guy like Helsley. And so I do think. Uh, and then just kind of the way that that bullpen has gelled, how they all seem to sort of have a role that they're comfortable with. I think that that uh, definitely plays a role. The um, The other thing is that the, the lineup isn't very left-handed. I mean, you do have Marcakis and Freeman, but you would hopefully be able to neutralize them in late innings with, uh, with Miller. But the the greater part of their lineup is right-handed. Oh, Albies is a switch hitter, but and so the Cardinals' strength in the bullpen is a little more in the right-handed area than the left because Miller has not exactly been the Andrew Miller of of uh, a couple years ago. And then the, the second spot is kind of up for grabs with Webb being uh, the likely candidate. I would give the bullpen edge to the Cardinals and the rotation edge to the Cardinals. And so, since pitching is paramount in baseball, 
I'm going to, for whatever it's worth, I'm going to give my prediction of uh, the Cardinals in five to go on to the NLCS and uh, see what happens there against, uh, who knows? Uh, Of course, most people would predict the Dodgers would be the team that'll get through there, but that's why they have to play the games. Um, Trying to think if, before I finish this up, if there's anything else uh, I would want to say about the matchups, uh, bench. Uh, we talked about Austin Riley, who would potentially be a bat off the bench if he wasn't starting in the outfield. Um, they have a left-handed bat, Matthew Joyce, off the bench, who's a professional hitter, Duvall, kind of a power source off the bench, somewhat similar to like a Tyler O'Neill. Uh, they have Hechevaria, who, you know, is more of a defensive guy. They do have Billy Hamilton, which, when you think about a playoff series, can uh, could be a factor. I mean, the guy that could definitely cause you a problem late in the game as a pitch runner. Uh, so that's a bit of an interesting bench they have, actually. Uh, and just doing a quick analysis, I didn't think about this part that much ahead of time. I might give the Braves an advantage in terms of bench with uh, a couple of dangerous bats as well as uh, the speed factor. So I'll give the Braves the edge on the bench there. I uh, will do another podcast here in the next couple days. And if you're enjoying it, if you, those of you that's uh, listened to this podcast, and I hope to keep growing that number. It's not a huge number right now, but I hope to keep growing it. I am gonna. I do plan to record another in the next few days. I I can't help but look to the future when it comes to Cardinal baseball. I, one of the, my favorite things to do is just kind of look ahead and say, all right, well, three years from now, four years from now, well, what's the makeup going to be? What's what's the team going to look like? And I like to do that especially because I also like getting into the minor league system and kind of analyzing uh, that, that and reading about those guys coming up. And So what I want to do in the next podcast is just kind of take a look. I don't know. I'll have to see what makes more sense, but take a look maybe four or five years into the future and kind of what – what kind of each position area might look like at that point in time. It's just a, it's a fun speculation. I'll probably get a lot of it wrong because it's so hard to predict these things, but I'm going to give it a shot. So thanks for listening. And uh, until next time.